We live? We're live. Hey, man, so now that we're live, we're back again. Being the great athletes and podleets that, yeah. that we are, mm. it's good to review the film, you know? Yeah. So I went back to episode 17. Oh, we've done 17 episodes? Yeah. We were a little sloppy in ep- episode 17, though. Why? We didn't introduce ourselves. We didn't introduce the podcast. Was, just, was 17 the last one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we just went right into we it. We just straight into it. We it didn't was a, say, it well, was a somber move. Yeah, it was. We, so we got to say welcome to the Lords for Musicians podcast. Right. I am Eddie Sanders. I'm Josh Kaplan. Out there on the boards is the homie Don Julio. Yes, sir. So we are the Lords for Musicians. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, hope you stick with us for the, the whole hour, you know? It's going to be an hour? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> if we get to like 40 minutes, I'll just I'm start good. rapping. Yeah, I mean, you know, we just got to get through what we got to get through. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just glad that we're back again and we're, we're getting consistent with it. You yeah. Know? Trying to. Yeah. So every two weeks, we say you should be yeah. looking for a new episode. Um, so and then, yeah. you know, whenever Don finishes yeah. the small amount of work that we give him to do. Yeah, he's mastermind engineer. So, you know, <laughs> he's over there working on Grammys. He's like, this podcast? Uh, <laughs> I get to it when I get to it. <laughs> I don't put you guys on the back burner at all. Mm. I don't know, but, but some of the best meals are made on the back burner, though. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. <laughs> so, another week. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm cool, good. Cool, You know, I mean, new normal, dumbest term ever. Right, right. But kind of feel that way. Gotcha. Always got a mask. No, Always got a mask. You know, it's like keys, wallet, phone, keys, wallet, phone, mask. That mask thing always gets me, too. A little yeah. sanitizer, too, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Got to keep the hand sanitizer. I've kind of given up. I, I don't Maybe I shouldn't broadcast this, but, like, the whole sanitizing your, your hands every time you touch anything. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I give it a little time. You know, let it build up a little bit, then I wash them off. <laughs> let it get real contaminated. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not touching my eyes or the mouth or stuff like that, but, yeah. Are, I are you sure, though? Yeah, like, I, I'm very conscious of that now. Like, I didn't, I didn't wash my hands when I came in here. I didn't either. See? What? But but like the the I'm not a doctor. <laughs> uh you might know that, but like it's it's from droplets and breathing. Right, and I don't right. I don't I'm not worried about like taking an Amazon package and sanitizing it anymore. Yeah, I, that was my I used to spray down the uh, box before I even opened do it. Do we let it sit in a separate part of the house for like a week because somehow the virus dies? I don't it's just yeah. nobody knows what they're doing. Um getting married soon. Is that still happening? Still happening. How are we going to do it? We, it uh, yeah. So, so we went, Zoom wedding? Yeah, we went from uh, 150 in Holland, Michigan to close to 10 at my Man. house. Ah. So. I was yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, so it was crazy because the thing was, even like venues around the city, uh, and if those are new listeners, we are based in Chicago, Illinois. So yeah, we are uh, asking around and everybody's like, no, can't do it, can't right. do it, sorry. Can't courthouse is even saying you can only have one other person. Yeah. So now one gotta, witness. Yeah. So I got to choose between which parent comes. It's like, <laughs> That's no, not gonna work. not going to work. So what are you going to do? We're just going to have a ceremony at the house. Man. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, bridal party, parents. We do like a Zoom afterwards so everybody can we're gonna party try and do with the, you. We're going to try and do the Zoom. And then also it's on the front stoop. Yeah. So people can like pull up in their car. Oh, all right. And be outside and all. Yeah, that. like so, I'll throw a gift at you guys. That'll be awesome. <laughs> but we still plan to because we put deposits down on all those places ah. in Michigan. We're still going to do something in like May, June next year when yeah. 
things open back up or whatever they do. Yeah, we'll see how that how yeah. that goes. Because uh, Olivia and I got married at the courthouse. She was seven, eight months pregnant. Okay. You know, shotgun style. Right. Uh, and we were like, oh, well, we'll do a party, you know, in a couple years. That party hasn't happened. Well, I mean, we were tentatively going to do one this year. Obviously, that's not going to happen. And, yeah, kids kind of get in the way. And, I can dig that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to have this big celebration, but yeah. now we're like, hey. Yeah. COVID is what it is. So, But we still get married, so that's, that's the important That's the part, important you know? thing, that you guys have made it through quarantine together yeah. stronger than ever. Definitely. Our uh, marriage counselor was like, this is like a act of rebellion for you to fight through and still get married. You got was, a marriage counselor? Yeah. I mean, you got to get a little, when you, uh, our pastor. Oh, uh, right. You, know, you got to go through like a couple uh, sit downs with the pastor, just uh, two or three meetings or whatever. Yeah, we, we we don't have that. We didn't oh, have okay. that for our agnostic uh, yeah, they, courthouse. They look at you like they like. So do you really want to get married? Yeah. Do you know what that means? Yeah, Are yeah, you prepared? Yeah. You're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, side side uh, a, a side story before we get into anything. The the judge who married us it was it's in the basement of City Hall in Chicago, right. which is like City Hall's beautiful building. Basement not beautiful. Low low ceilings, like fluorescent lights, awful. You go into this like side room. And it's just dingy and gross. And there's a judge behind a desk, a normal desk. Not, you know, it's not a courtroom by any means. So like a table, desk like yeah, like, like a, a table, table like, like we're sitting in front of right now with like just kind of crappy furniture in there. And there's a line. And then when you get to go in, the judge is like, "Do you have your own vows?" And we were like, "Nah, <laughs> we don't have our own vows." <laughs> like she's pregnant. Like we're, you know, we love each other. That's all that matters. So she gives you a card that like you can read from. And she was not happy being there. The judge was like definitely not happy being there. So we looked her up afterwards and I don't remember her name and I don't want to, you know, throw shade at her or anything, but she definitely got demoted from from okay. uh, 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 I think she was in I don't know, she was in a um state court judge but on a much higher level right. and she got caught doing some things like that she, she probably shouldn't have been doing like something with mortgage fraud trading security yeah, so improperly now, or something now she's in wedding court down downstairs all day oh, doing man. the same thing she was just not not happy because yeah, she just goes through the script all day right just she does like, nothing I mean she signs a marriage license that's it like, yeah no. you know you guys and, are married <laughs> so anyway oh awesome well your wedding is going to be nicer than that yeah for sure. we got uh, we got the homie Vaughn catering Nice. Yeah. So if y'all don't know Vaughn, flat plate, flat plates catering. Shout yeah. out flat plate. Flat plates. You know, got to shout like out Vaughn. Fat, fat plate or flat. Fat. 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 Was I saying fat or flat? I said flat. I, said flat. I, said flat. I added an extra L in there. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, Vaughn. Speaking of names, uh, Lady A. Lady Good segue. <laughs> that was professional. <laughs> We have this uh, country group, Lady Antebellum. Make sure I get that right. It's Don's favorite country group, right? Right. Yep. Definitely saw them in the Spotify playlist. Uh, So, group name Lady Antebellum. Before Mm -hmm. we know what Antebellum, we have to look up the definition of that. Meaning, before war. So, in this term, it is the South before the Civil War. So, they are making reference to how the South was before the Civil War. So the name of their group is Lady Antebellum. They are a country group. Were they, they from Texas or? Uh, Tennessee. Tennessee. <clears throat> so started this group in 06. 
um, once the Black Lives Matter movement of Super popular group. Yeah. I mean, won Grammys, I think. Very high-profile country. Everyone group. everyone was loving them in, in the country world. Yeah. Uh, so we were still in the Black Lives Matter movement, and then they decide that, wait, this name is actually a little racist. Yeah. They said, wait a minute, we looked at the name, and it has historical reference to the South before the Civil War, meaning slavery. We don't like this name. We're going to change it. Everyone's like, cool. Great way, move. Way, way to be an ally. Yeah. They say, we're going to call ourselves Lady A. Everyone's okay. like, cool, that works. But if you do a quick Spotify search of Lady A, there is a blues singer who has been going under that name for the last 20 years, mm. based out of Seattle, named Lady A. African-American. African-American woman. So you would think that these allies would say, wait, there is already a Lady A. Switch it up. We're going to go with Lady B. <laughs> <laughs> At least, right? At least Lady B. Yeah. No. Do you think that happened? No. Not at all. They proceeded to try and sue Lady A. So now we are in back. Now we have litigation going on. But, I mean, go through that thought process there, right? Because right. it's like nobody was asking them to change their name. Right. There wasn't like a petition. You know, people weren't protesting, as far as I know. So they did the right thing. Right. Hey, let's change this. This is, you know, there's connotations of pre-Civil War South, bad luck, let's change the name. And then they find out there's another singer named Lady A. Happens a lot. A lot of, lot of bands have yeah. the same name. Um, a lot of famous court cases about it, and people don't necessarily register trademarks for the name of their bands. But why? <laughs> why didn't someone do that research? Right. And then once, even if they didn't do the research and it comes out, like, why not just back down and be like, oh, yeah, okay, you've, you've got this. You're here. We don't want to step on your toes. I mean, was she, is she a big artist? She's, I mean. Does not matter? Right. She still has stuff on Spotify. You could have you could have seen it. Yeah. Um, kind of getting to that notion of, like, when we talked about last week, the performative allyship. Mm-hmm. This is a notion of that where it's like, oh, I stand with you guys, but you're not truly standing with the people if you. Uh, yeah, so long as you don't interfere with my. Yeah, with my like, life. <laughs> so it's like, come on, wait a minute. And then even them saying, okay, now in 2020, 14 years later, we realize our name had racist connotations. And even in the article, they say, we chose it because of the style of homes that their first photo shoot took place at. It was probably a plantation. Which was a plantation home. So it's like. And then it's like, wait, so what research did you really do into this name? Yeah. And you're going to use this, and now you're going to say, from the style of homes in your first photo shoot? So you're saying you weren't a band until you had your first photo shoot, so what'd you go by <laughs> right, right, right. before this photo shoot? Yeah. So besides that, we as lawyers, we're looking at what uh, trademark issue here now, right? Yeah. So in the article, the court didn't—they haven't decided— So they actually filed litigation? So they're— she said she was hit with a cease and desist. Okay. So that doesn't mean litigation has been filed, but... These You're are anticipating. That, yeah, that's the pre-steps. If you don't know, when you get that cease and desist letter, they're typically saying you are infringing upon someone's copyright or a trademark, whatever the case may be, and you must stop. And they served her and one. And they're sending her one, which is interesting, stating... So it means that they filed... They must have filed for some type of trademark. I don't believe they received it yet, but just a preemptive notion of like, okay, we're just going to get her out the way while we're working on getting our name together. Right. So it's like, uh, when you get into that, <clears throat> oh. even if Lady A doesn't have a registered trademark, yeah. we still have that, that common law trademark where she has shown the use of this name for a certain, for a certain amount of years yeah. 
over, and it's not just within her state, if she can show like nationwide use of this name well, for if, a period of time. Yeah, so I mean, trademark, filing a registered trademark with the federal government, not the state government, you can get a state trademark. Um, it's kind of silly, too, if right. you're going to be performing live all over the country or if you're going to have recorded music that's available all over the country, you, you go to the, the federal trademark, which is the USPTO. So the common law idea is that even if you don't file it, just by using it in commerce, you have a, a, a com- what's called a common law trademark. Right. So it doesn't give you the same protections as a federal mark. A federal mark allows you to get statutory damages, right, right. allows you to go to federal court right away, allows you to get attorney's fees if you win. It puts everybody on notice. It's stronger. You, you should do it. But just because Lady A, the blues singer, didn't have that federal mark doesn't mean that she didn't have a common law right. mark. I was actually just involved in something very similar with a DJ who has a well-known name, has been around since 1994, using that name, and some other DJ, same spelling, approached us. We didn't know about him. He was some small, small-time DJ, but he approached us. His lawyer approached us and said, hey, we have a mark that predates yours. And our DJ... Let's just call him DJ X, was using DJ X in 2012. And you didn't file your trademark until 2013, so we predate it. So unless you want us to cancel your mark, which is what you do with the trademark office, you actually go in and file uh, um, a litigation action to cancel someone's other mark if you think they're violating yours, we want to settle with you and you know <coughs> coexist with you. Right. Um, and I looked at it, and I was like, well, wait a second, 2012, we, I'm pretty sure my guy had it way back in the 90s. And he did, and he had flyers showing it, and, and you look on our application for his actual registered trademark, and it says it's been in use since 1994. And so the new DJX didn't believe that, so we had to go through this whole long process of proving that we didn't. We won. They're paying us attorney's fees. They're paying us a little bit of time, you know, the pain and suffering that our guy had. And we ended up agreeing to letting this guy use that name in five states. Five states. I mean, it's like, cool. I don't, it doesn't matter or anything like that. But it's not on the same level as Lady Antebellum. I don't know what the Lady A blue singer, what her position is on any of this, but the fact that she's been around for 20 years using that name. Yeah, she's hurt by it. She's like, I can't believe you guys would just... Not only that, but like, why why would they think that they could trump her common law mark? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the the notion of uh, privilege, Uh I guess you can get into. Yeah, it goes back to that, huh? (laughs) Being like, well, you know what? We're a bigger band. We're going to take this. So you brought up a good point about the the coexisting agreement. Yeah. So if these two groups came together, Lady A1, Lady A2 said, okay— we're going to put music out under this name, but we're going to coexist, but there's a slim chance of confusion. The only problem we have there is Lady Antebellum is country music, yep. and Lady A is blues music. And if we look at the chart, where did country music come from? Uh, what chart? The Just the music chart in general. <laughs> oh. Blues. Blues. Yeah. It came from blues. Right. 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 So it's the same music, so you can't really separate the two. Now, if Lady A was an electronic DJ and then Lady Annabellum was still doing country music, of course, there probably wouldn't be a confusion of which Lady A is which Lady A. Maybe. 
right? But like there are festivals where there are True. jazz musicians playing and then there's hip hop, right? And right. if someone comes to, I mean, like Jazz Fest has that, right? And if you're going to see Lady A and you think you're seeing the blues singer and then Lady A, the country singer, pops up, I'd be confused. Exactly. I mean, you have to do a little research. But that that's what, that's the, the, the level that the trademark office looks at. What's the likelihood of confusion between an average consumer? Right. And by average, I think they just mean like the, the dumbest common denominator, someone who has like no concept, never heard of either of these people, would they be confused? Yeah. And if they're both in music, man. And Lady A is such a simple name yeah. that it's like, I don't know. And yeah, I, I mean, it's so going it, to be tough to say, oh, okay, we can separate which A is which A. And then her name is actually Anita White. So it's like, she literally is Lady, Lady A. A. <laughs> and she's been doing it, I'm sure, for a couple decades. Yeah, least. she's been out there for a while. She owns the LLC, Lady A. That doesn't mean she owns the trademark. No, right? but it shows that she's using it. Right. right. And she's been using it for a long time. It's just, it's like, just such a dumb PR move by Lady Antebellum. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you're trying to take one step forward. Take three back after And then it's, it's like, like you, you're worse off. Like, you just stick with Lady Antebellum. Like, know who you are. You know, like, that's... Right, right. It's just such a dumb move. I, You know, I'd be interested. I mean, I don't know where the, the case stands and if they plan on backing off from it um, or not, if they plan on going forward with it. But, I mean, it... it, it Hopefully it's helped Lady A, the blues singer, have right. more people discover her music. You know, I mean, hopefully they can look for silver lining in that way. And I can't imagine that this has done, you know, anything positive for Lady Antebellum. No, I don't think so. And I, I could see Lady A's streams definitely going up just off the controversy and people be like, well, who is this lady? And let me just right. check her out. And then for sure, she probably has some great music over there. Yeah. She's got to have some new fans now. The too. original Lady A wants $10 million for it the name. Oh, so she said you can cash me uh, out and I'll yeah. be done. Okay. <laughs> she wants five million for rebranding and five million for Black Lives Matter. Okay. I rock with that. Yeah. So I mean, she's like, so that's why they sent a cease and desist. Because she's like, okay. Right. Well, because she's like, if you want this name, you can pay me. And they're like, you're... You don't own the name. We, yeah, we can do whatever we want. You're trying to extort us or something. Right. Well, I, I don't look at that as extortion. Five million for a rebrand, so she's going to go under a new name. And then asking for five million donation towards Black Lives Matter. Since you changed your racist name in the first place, maybe you should <laughs> yeah. make some type of donation. I, no, I'm not mad at her asking that, but you have to look at like is that re- is that a reasonable request? The five million? Yeah, I mean like rebranding an artist that I don't know what her streams were beforehand. I mean, I, more power to her. I'd do right, the same right. thing, but like she's definitely trying to cash out a little bit. Oh I'm yeah, not mad at her for no. It, but yeah, if we're, if we're talking about reasonable market value yeah. of what her name would be, wouldn't be around. Five million. Take a different scenario, right? Where it's uh, it's two white artists or it's two black artists or whatever it is, and they have a similar name, and one is way higher up in terms of recognition and fame and power, and then you got somebody small. I'm mean, again, man. I've been practicing for a long time, so I have a lot of experience with this. But I, with, with the Cool Kids, when the Cool Kids first took off, there was a band called uh, that came out of Texas that was kind of a punk band called. Um, Cool Kids. They right. dropped the the, and the Cool Kids, the hip hop group from Chicago, was already doing really well. And then the Cool Kids from Texas popped up, and they on their logo, they said not the, and then Cool Kids, right? So they were like playing off of our name. They right, got right. recognition. They were you know it was confusing. People were going to their page instead of the real Cool Kids, 
and they they tried to extort us. I mean, that's essentially what they did. They hired a, a lawyer in Texas and was like, no, we have the right to this, and there's a difference between the type of music. And I mean, it wound up costing, we, we won, but it wound up costing a lot of money. That's the main, that's the thing that sucks, like right. the money that has to be paid out to these yeah. things. Yeah, and, and you brought up the coexistence <laughs> thing, and it's like you can't coexist if you're both competing for the same customer. Right. Right? In, in the scenario that I talked about with the, with the DJ, cool, they're not competing, it's a totally different level. Our guy is a DJ for major, you know, pop stars. The, the other DJs playing like the wedding circuit, right? Like they're not competing. It's not a big deal. Yeah. And in those five states, but for traveling bands, you know, that are touring and selling music in the same places or streaming music in the same place, I don't know how you, you coexist. Um, but the trademark office will look at a coexistence agreement and say, all right, the parties agree with, we're going to let them both go. Step out the way, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought about it. That was one of my first, I almost say, cases I had to handle when I was with BBU. Yeah. So I was maybe like a couple months in to being a sworn in. We had a <laughs> trademark for BBU. Uh, a buddy of mine was at a Cubs game. Mm-hmm. You remember the, the group LMFAO? Sure. They had one of their guys broke, not broke away, but he started a side group called BBU. I they were that. at they were at a Cubs game. They had the shirts on. My homie calls me. He's like, "Hey, uh, this dude's here wearing a BBU shirt. About to throw out the first pitch. <laughs> first, I'm hot because I'm like Mike and Rich out there throwing out the first pitch. <laughs> Didn't ask me. Didn't ask. They know I play baseball. They know this is what I do. <laughs> and he's like, "No, but it's not your guys. It's some other dudes wearing BBU shirts. Look it up. They're trying to come out with a band. I send them a letter. How but, scared were you sending that letter? By the way, I was kind of pumped because I was like, I can, I got to see him as." Big of a firm as I possibly can, right, 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 <laughs> even right. though it's just me and my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> they said we over here. We do not allow <laughs> from the offices of right. Eddie and Associates. <laughs> it wasn't apartment one; it was suite one. <laughs> <laughs> no, so sent the letter and they didn't reply, but the band just stopped putting music out. So it felt well, that's kinda, a win. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, there we go. It's not worth the. It's not worth the struggle. They were like, forget it. We'll come up with three more letters. This and, guy looks serious. Yeah, yeah, or serious tone in the in the, in the, in the letter. Yeah, you know? strong periods. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Full stops. So, Lady uh, Antebellum, make sure you change your name to Lady C, D, E, or F. To our new artists, this is a good lesson. Do a Google search, GoDaddy search, simple trademark search, Spotify search of the name you want to use and see if it's out there already. Right. Don't come to your lawyer saying, I want to trademark this name. If you haven't done research, see if the name is available. See if it's available. And and if there's a a band that's, you know, seemingly not that popular that's using the same name, that doesn't mean you can use it. Because as soon as you get popular... They're going to come around. Exactly. Yeah. So good on that. Let's see where we where to next. Well, oh, we uh, Beyonce. Have you seen the Beyonce Black is King yet? I have not. You should check it out. Visually amazing. Yeah. So awesome. That's what I've heard. So it leads me to because it's her uh, adaptation or rendition of The Lion King. Right. Right. So in The Lion King, we remember it was in 1994, 95, I think it came out. Yeah. Song in there, uh, Lion Sleeps Tonight. A weem away, yeah. a weem away. In the junk. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna go too deep into it, but there <laughs> keep, we go. I can't do the keep it going. Guys. Keep it going. <laughs> so that song was uh, very popular. One of the highest grossing songs, I want to say, of his, in his time when it comes to soundtracks, things of that nature. It's an old song, though, right? I mean, right. that song came out in like so. 60s. What they say it came out in is the '60s, right? right. 
So this gets into the notion of we have this group called The Tokens that came out with the version in the 60s. But where did they get this song from? Right. So if we do our research, it was a man by the name of Solomon Linda, South African composer, who came up with the original version of Lion Sleeps Tonight. I uh, think I'm going to destroy the name of the song, but it was mm, Booby. <laughs> That's definitely not how you pronounce it. That's it. not right. I have no idea. M- M-B-U-B-E. Yeah, I mean, a, maybe it is. It, maybe it's, it's, but that's okay. That's how we spell it. So M-boo- then, <laughs> it's like Mbop, but like Booby. Booby. Mbop. So we'll, you can check it out, guys. Before. Yeah. So that was the original version of Alliance Sleeps Tonight, right? Yeah. They take that version, add some new lyrics, and we have The Lion Sleeps Tonight written by the tokens. Tokens then get credit for that. All the royalties, the licensing fees, all that money that is generated from that song goes to the token and their family. Solomon Linda never received any credit or any royalties. He passed away before he even got the chance to receive any credit. Right? So 2006, getting this right, uh, the family finally started to receive royalties for this song. Okay. There's a lot we can get into with this. Um, but the first notion is, what would you rather have, a million dollars in the 80s or a million dollars right now? Yeah, 80s. Right? Right. I mean, because uh, 80s, I mean, assuming you don't just, like, go out and buy a DeLorean with it. Right, right. right? Like, or 10 DeLoreans, I don't know. A million dollars back then was worth a lot more than a million dollars today. Exactly. Right. So them receiving these royalties now, and it's even just a percentage. Yeah. If we think about the... the copyright infringement and how that works. Some of the cases, the Juice World Sting mm-hmm. conversation, where Juice World now owes Sting 85% of the royalties from that record because they use pretty much his baseline to create that record, right? Song, yeah. This Solomon Linda record is... The song. The song. Yeah. So why is the family receiving a portion of the royalties? Yeah, because they yeah. were pretty late. To the game to try to recapture it, I guess. I mean, you know, using a sample or using another song to make your song is nothing new. Right. Um, and like you said, with the Juice World example, I mean, there are countless examples where people are using samples, especially in pop and hip hop, right? And the way that it works is you pay a percentage of the master royalties that are earned from streams and sales, and um, you give away a portion of the publishing, and the publishing. Um, can get pretty high for the sample, like with Juice World. If you're using the entire song, the entire baseline, like you're going to have to give up a lot. Um, and if that's done correctly and it's done before the song comes out, then there's no issues, right? Then the rightful owner of that publishing is collecting. It's up to them to collect. It's not up to you to pay them. They're the ones registering that song and they collect on the royalties. There's um, the label who puts the song out has to pay the percentages that you tell them um, to pay. So if you are supposed to pay Solomon, then you pay him from the beginning. If you're coming after him after the fact, you, decades after the fact, uh, they're going to lose their records. They all of a sudden don't know what the sales were. It's hard to track what publishing mm-hmm. was. There's different mechanical rates. There's you know it's it's not easy. So you wind up settling for some amount. Mm-hmm. You know that makes you feel okay about it. I think that's probably what happened here. And it's pretty tough to think, like especially for the family, to listen to the record and then years later realize that it was their grandfather or great grandfather wrote the record, and now trying to work back through that process. Yeah, you know, like a lot of the situations we brought up is a lot easier because 
is two years after the song, a year after the song is released. So <clears throat> we can get they can get back to the label and say, hey, okay, you've made this much in this year, yada yada. Yeah. But in this situation, it's been so long. Right. Uh, in the report, they're saying that from the time like 2006, when they started giving royalties back, they were making like 20 between 20 to 65 thousand a year. Yeah. Right. Now that money, now the agreement is up, and so that's what brings me to another point. In this is a new version of the Lion King came out. Right. Not the Beyonce one, but the animated one with the animals. Right. Dan Glover and all them. So they came out with a new version of Lion Sleeps Tonight, sung by Seth Rogen and forget the other actor. Okay. Based upon the agreement that the Linda family had with Disney and the original co-writers, they don't receive any royalties from this new version. Their agreement ended in 2019. Yeah. And so any future earnings ended in 2019. The movie came out, I want to say, into 2019, into 2020. So that new version, they don't receive any royalties from that. Why would, yeah. why would they have an ending to that agreement. Well, so, I mean, I think what probably happened is that it was just a flat-out settlement that for the use, the specific use, that's how they were getting paid. And instead of re-registering the original publishing on the song, um, they probably agreed. I mean, made a mistake, or that's what they agreed to, or that was the amount that the family wanted to get, and they were good with it and kept it moving. But, you know, if, if the publishing was registered the way that it should have been registered... Then there is no end date. No, I mean, then it it goes for the life of copyright, right? So it's like he continues; his family would continue to get paid on every every use, and they would have to clear every use. So it's almost the notion of you have twenty five percent of the song. Instead of giving me twelve point five on paper, you just say I'm going to pay you twelve percent for the next twenty years of this record. Yeah, and that's it. And then that's it. And not change the registration, not change right. the owners or anything like that. It's so the, just the, the family did mention their frustration with the lawyers for the estate because, mm-hmm. of course, this, is a, this case is the state of Solomon Linda. Mm-hmm. Um, their frustrations with those lawyers for not understanding the future, the understanding the future of music, essentially understanding that how it works, how it works, and that because uh, the lawyer said, "Oh, we never thought that another version of the Lion King would come out." It's that, Disney. Yeah, that's Disney, and then it's, and it's also the notion of small company. You shouldn't have to think about another version of it coming out. You should just always be prepared for what the future may hold. You should just own that song. Yeah, it's right? like, I mean, like that's that <laughs> seems like a big mistake. Like even if it's where they don't get the ownership and they just have to get paid out for the rest of their life. Okay, we're going to make sure there's a clause in here that any new technology that comes out or yeah. any new format and how you yeah. want to deliver this. This song on this film, or the case may be, we got to get paid for it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's it go, it, if they owned the publishing, you couldn't use it without their permission. Right. That, that's that's kind of copyright one hundred and one right there. So I don't know who's if they had an estate planning lawyer. It's like hiring, you know. There's there, everybody just assumes like I don't know how many times people ask you. It's like, hey, I, I got I'm about to sell this house. I'm yeah, like, I got a DUI. <laughs> like, well, I'm sorry, you know, like I can't. I don't know how to do that. It's like asking a brain doctor to do foot surgery. Right. Like, maybe they can figure it out, uh, but uh, yeah, you don't want an estate planning lawyer to handle a entertainment law yeah, issue. You call me for DUI, I'll be like, uh, don't blow. <laughs> 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 Get to the station and call somebody. Which yeah, day? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so they should have had. Hopefully, this next go-round, if they do any more litigation or whatever, they actually have more experienced music lawyers with this yeah. and not just estate planning lawyers, whatever the case may be, because this is one of those situations where it's like, if he would have had this song registered properly yep. at the beginning, 
how well off his family would have been and there would be no need for this. Because they also mentioned lawyer fees cut into a lot of this money they've made back. Yeah, and and, and like that Disney use is probably the most well-known use of that song, but that song's huge. I mean, that's been used in tons of movies, tons of TV shows. That's That's like one of the rare copyrights that continues to get used throughout every decade. So, yeah, I mean, it seems like it was mishandled from the beginning. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, well, on our end, just bringing awareness to the situation, people knowing about it so that they can protect their families because the big thing with copyright, and that's why I love it so much, is like it really sets up generational wealth yeah. if done properly. Yeah. So making sure you have your stuff registered and never going through the notion of, oh, I don't think this song would be that big because you really don't know how the people are going to gravitate to it. And you never know when it's going to take off. Right. Um, this is a little sidebar, but uh, Smino and Monty Booker, two mm-hmm. great guys, one from Chicago, one from St. Louis, put out a song called Colors, I want to say five, four or five years ago. It was a cool song. It was on the Selection uh, Selection album. Did moderate numbers. It was okay. Yeah. Recently... They had a TikTok challenge come out for the song. Mm-hmm. Somebody just randomly put a put the song to a TikTok dance. Took off. And I want to say five billion streams on TikTok, some yeah. crazy number like that. Yeah. Like, went insane. Yeah. If your paperwork in 2015 doesn't state, all right, uh-huh. 50-50 split or whatever the case may be, 75-25, when you get to 2020 and that song takes off, Mind thinking if you're the producer and you just say, oh, here's a, here's a flat Terms fee. are going to be a little different, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's making sure, regardless of what the song does early on, just making sure that everything's those, handled uh, the right way yeah. from the beginning. So speaking of from the beginning and uh, not the best segue, but. I like it, though. Okay. So here's a scenario that was presented to somebody we work with. Um, they have an unlimited budget. For one song, okay? One song, it's in memory of someone who passed away, um, the brother uh, of the, the man who passed away wants a big tribute to his deceased brother, picked an artist that he's close with, believes in her and her ability to make a song that will, you know, pay homage to his, his brother um, and has very deep pockets, and so he doesn't want to just go to uh, Songfinch. Shout out Songfinch. Hey. Uh, and, and get, you know, a $200 song, which I, if which I was a, him, that's what a, I would have done. Sounds like an amazing deal to me, right? <laughs> hey. Why not use Songfinch? Songfinch.com. Uh, so it's, uh, I mean, those the songs that are created on there are, are meant for exactly those type of things, right? But he wants a big, he wants to help out this artist, and he wants this big song um, as tribute to his brother. So... Who are we to tell him, don't do it, right? Like, <laughs> it's great. So he literally said, whatever whatever it takes. And the budget is six figures, um, multiple six figures, right? So, right. you know, it's not 100 grand, it's more. Um, and it's an interesting position to be in that you usually are like, well, I got like five grand for this song. Or <laughs> I got like 500 bucks for this song. What do I do? What do you do? Spend that money on, right? right? One song, we're not talking even about an album. We're not talking about touring. We're not talking about, you know, anything other than the creation of one song and promoting it in a a way that it it gets the recognition that he wants it to get, right? right? 
So first thing that popped in my head was you shoot a video showing how to spin. Five hundred thousand, <laughs> just go throughout the day. Like a little dicky video or something, <laughs> it's right? Like first I bought this, then I bought that. But it's yeah. like, no, you can't really do that. No. If you're trying to. I mean, a video is going to be part of it. I don't right. think. I don't think it's going to be. That wouldn't really be a tribute to the That's what brother, saying. right? Yeah, this is going to be like a ballad. It's going to, you know, it's going to be a heartfelt song. So, you know, the creation of the song is easy, right? We know. Okay, we we want to get a big producer, big producer fee. Let's say a big producer fee is. 30 grand, 40 grand, whatever it is, right? You're going to need some studio time, a couple grand there. You're going to need to mix it, master it, you know. Might even get some other writers to come help. For sure. You never know. So that that was one one thing. If you want a featured artist, right? Forget about, like, the top line art. Just uh, you want a featured artist, and he does. He wants a big name to be associated with it. Um, it pre- presents a bit of a predicament. The artist who's making the song is she's got a fan base but you know she's not a it's not a top 40 artist or anything like that right, right. so you're you can't go to lady gaga and tell her hey will you be a feature on the song because she doesn't need the money right so even if you've got a hundred grand to spend on a feature you just you're not always going to get it needs the, to be the, some type of connection yeah to so um you know he threw out names like sam smith like i, I don't think sam smith's going to do it i mean we try you know maybe but let's say you get a you get a feature for you know fifty grand or something like that. So all in, you're spending you know about a hundred grand to create this one song, which is expensive to, to create one song, right? Um, it's not unheard of for major label. That's kind of about right. Maybe it's a little bit expensive. But after that, what do you do? What do you spend? What would you spend the next hundred, two hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, especially with that level of artists. Like if you think about the the WAP song. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure they spend well over a million dollars putting that song together, but they've recouped it because it's a well, yeah, it's number, number one, one song, right? So a song like that, it's like, okay, do I want to put money into radio? Is that necessary? Is just do I want to make this a radio record? Am I do I want to put money into playlisting services? What type of PR am I trying to use? Because this is one record, right? Most of the time, PR is like we like to have a story, something to follow up with. It's a little tougher than to write a whole narrative of just one well, song. I mean, so so I'm looking at it as like, hey, this is a great opportunity for our artist, right? right? Like, she's never had this much money behind her. And so how do I not el- not only elevate this song, but elevate her, right? And so there is a story element there, the story about his brother, the whole story about the, you know, him wanting her to do this song and everything. That That's that's pretty good right. content for a, for a PR company and, and stuff to, to, to use. So like, yeah, definitely hiring PR. And we can hire expensive PR. <laughs> we can spend five to ten grand for a few months to to promote the song and get, um, you know, get features on on in magazines and in um, on websites and interviews and all that kind of stuff. But then it's still not necessarily going to work, right? First of all, the song has to be good or good enough. Um, but then, how do you blow it up? How do you get it? to chart how do you do you know how do you get it on playlists how do you do all of those things and it, and you know with a budget like that obviously you know that there are people that would just buy streams right. there are people that are buying downloads um that doesn't work anymore you know buying the downloads um is pretty obvious when people do that and billboard doesn't count them that, yeah. um what about know? the uh those farms are they counting farms too bots like the setup where it's like a hundred phones in one room and those no, are I mean, just constantly for playing. streams. It's much. I think from what I know, it's much harder to catch those 
you know, streams mm-hmm. because once they register as a stream on Spotify, Spotify pays it. Spotify has taken steps to eliminate those, and um, I don't know if they've adjusted numbers once they've figured it out. For downloads, Billboard's rule is that, you know, the purchase can't be from the same person, right? So you can't just spend $200,000. You know, I couldn't just buy $200,000 worth of downloads. Right. Um, you'd have to find... 200,000 people to buy to buy that which is not an easy task to do right so the the thinking that i have is that it's like you go the radio route right yeah. and and it's still a pay to play type of scenario people don't like to talk about it but you still got to find the right program managers and help them you know yeah. figure out how to get your song on the radio and that usually involves some sort of consulting fee. Do we see uh, a direct translation from having a radio hit to being a streaming hit? Because we see streaming hits that don't become radio hits, yeah. and they just stay in the area. But do those radio hits naturally just transition to streaming as well? I think so. I think it's better to go that route. Like I think if people hear a song on the radio, they're going to be more likely to find it in a streaming on a streaming platform right. or even download it still. Um, versus the other way around. Like, you can have, like you said, a, a big streaming song. It's not necessarily going to go to the radio. Um, I think it's easier to pay to get radio play than it is to pay to get streams and to get on top pay list, uh, playlists. Right. Um, there's ways to get plays, you know, to pay um, on, on, on Spotify and Apple and stuff, but um, it doesn't mean that you're going to have the success that, you know, you would have if you had a big radio song. Yeah, and there's also the notion of he does he want to make money for the song good question you and know the answer is no which is crazy you know to, to me and you right. know that's crazy but yeah he really doesn't care like he would he was going to build a you know some monument or something so he was going to spend the money regardless right. he doesn't care he wants the artist to succeed and he wants um you know, he wants uh, something powerful. Yeah, so it gives you a little bit more freedom as opposed to like, okay, we have to make this money back, so right. you got to be a little more tight. In it's, how it's, just, it's like winning the lottery as, a, as an artist, but then yeah. it's like the, it falls on us to figure out what to do. Because he's like, going to be like, wait, you got to make this look good. Like, right. I'm giving you half a million. I want to see an amazing production. I want to see yeah. some dope visuals. Like just, Yeah. So, mm. I mean, yeah, so video for sure, you know, but doesn't, it's covid you know, you can't do something super crazy. Right. Um, but, you know, spend a good chunk there. And then, yeah, radio promotion and playlisting and um, PR. And, I, you know, I think that's yeah. If I was, that's what you got to do. If I had that half a million and we're talking pre-COVID, yeah. when people were still touring, I'm putting together a project and I'm using that money to travel everywhere and play any show that I can, regardless of if yeah. that show pays Subsidizing me or not. Subsidizing a tour of some you sort. You know, like. Since I since I know at that small stage I'm not gonna get paid a lot. Okay, I'm gonna take a loss with all this 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 half a million. Not spending it all on touring, but I'm gonna invest in a Sprinter van. Yep. I'm gonna be able to move around the world. Pay with, my band. Hey. Yeah. And grow organically like that. So that would be my first notion. But I, I mean, that, that wasn't even it's, forget about COVID. That wasn't even an option here. Like it wasn't. Hey, yeah, because we're talking subsidize one song. your career. Yeah, right, it's right. like just make a song and make it a hit. You know, and it's like without a label. So it's not like there's a team that we can go pay to run it through the normal machine that you, you would with a label. So it's, yeah, it's a good problem. That. You could probably go, if you were with the big label, you can be like, yo, RCA, we got half a million here. Help us out. Yeah, put, what put would this you spend somewhere? this on, right? Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, I know what they, they, they spend it on promotion. They spend it on 
you know, wardrobe and, and photo shoots and all those things. So we're going to do it. It's just, uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how good the song is. I'll keep you posted. Cool. So that'll be next episode. For- uh, I don't think she's going to be done that quick. But yeah, maybe in a couple months. She can't turn around records that fast. You know how much me and Don do? <laughs> Albums a day, man. Let me talk to the investor. I'll see. <laughs> hey, matter of fact, see if he wants a, a record for me and Don, too. Like, yeah. If he has money like that. Mr. Goodbark comes back. <laughs> For that kind of check. For that I check, I would re- I would return. <laughs> <laughs> and I would actually think about the raps I put together. Yeah. But uh, so another situation, I was talking with a graphic designer because I have an artist that's set to release a new project. Um, and in that conversation with the graphic designer, we've already paid her a fee to create the cover art for us. We went back to her and let her know that, hey, we the cover art is so amazing. We're thinking about doing merchandise with this cover art. There's a percentage of back end, meaning if you sell T-shirts, hoodies, hats, whatever the case may be, I get a percentage of those sales. Right. Not nine times out of ten, if you're a major label artist and you have a photographer do a photo shoot for the album cover, um, you're going to pay a flat fee for that. And then if you need to use those photos for anything else, you have to go back to them and they negotiate another fee. They're not going to take a percentage. I mean, a percentage on uh, you know an album that's selling them you know, doing a million streams or whatever, you know, billion streams, is it's too expensive. But, like, you know, you can pay another five grand or something and use it for merch or, or right, whatever. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's super common for photographers just starting out or not even just starting out, just not knowing, that, oh, wait, I, I own, I'm only licensing my copyright in those photos for particular use. Right. And artists will think, well, wait, it's my image. I can use it however I want, but you didn't create the copyright in that photo. Definitely. So it's not like the photographer can use it for anything else, you know, unless they have some language in there that they can use it for their promo reel or something like that. But yeah, always spell that out. Always talk about it and um, make sure, you know, it's clear for both sides. Yeah. So if you're the graphic designer, you're creating the logos, you're doing new fonts, any of that, making sure that's spelled out of... What this is agreement for? Right. Like, am, am I selling you? Uh, just understanding the artists, the photographers, and graphic designers as well. You must understand the copyright protections that you have in your work as well. Yeah. And not just giving that away and saying, "Oh, this is a flat fee. You can use it for whatever you want." Spelling out what that flat fee is and what that use is yep. is very important. So. Exactly. Awesome. Have you been watching uh, anything new? Uh, we were TV? talking about I was watching Hard Knocks. Okay. Um, on HBO, uh, um, and watching a lot of trash that I'm not going to bring up right now. I've been, uh, I don't I just be embarrassed. I just started uh, Lovecraft Country. 
that's on HBO as well. Oh, I just saw a commercial for that. Yeah, so it's it's, it's pretty good because it's it's set in uh, the Jim Crow South. Yeah. So the good part about it is they talk about the uh, the notion of the Green Book. Yeah. And sundown towns. Gotcha. And like that's the first episode is about sundown towns. Yeah. Um, my father's always talked about sundown towns. Yeah. If you're not familiar with a sundown he town, is. Yeah. The notion of a sundown town is. You said Jim Crow South. I kind of checked out. <laughs> <laughs> It's a sci-fi series, but it's based in Jim Crow South. So it's a guy coming, traveling from Chicago through the South, trying to find his father. So as you travel through Jim Crow South, you have to use this thing called the Green Book. The Green Book is almost like a, a, a map, right? a map, a phone book for blacks to use to know what places are safe right. that you can stay in in the South. So you follow the Green Book, it'll tell you certain places to go. And the Green Book also tells you about what the sundown towns are. Sundown towns meaning... If you're black, don't let the sun beat you. To, uh, don't get caught in that town when the sun goes down. This sounds like a uh, this horror. Horror. It's horror, but it's real life. Because you know where else the sundown towns are? <laughs> Lake Forest, Illinois. Are you serious? That was originally a sundown town. Bridgeport, the neighborhood of Bridgeport, is a sundown town. What was? Was right. Yeah, Mount Greenwood was sundown town. So it's like it was the notion of these are all places in the South, but. <laughs> It Indiana, Illinois, you had places, sundown towns. It's like... Not that long ago. Not that long ago at all. So the yeah. show was awesome. Executive produced by Jordan Peele. Right. Uh, I didn't get paid to tell anybody that. I you just didn't? No, I just enjoyed the show, so... Man. Uh, what network? HBO. Oh, you, hey. get, you get that done? Yeah. Yeah, you get HBO. I get that. We're not going to talk about how I get everything. <laughs> yeah. <we're> gonna, <laughs> no, no, don't no. bring that up around yeah. two lawyers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not copyright lawyers. Yeah. So cool. definitely. So yeah, and then... Uh, so if you guys check that out, I think it'd be cool. Yeah. How you been feeling about uh, the temperature of Chicago right now? With we had the protests recently. Man, it's had, just kind of never ending, which is good. But it's been really surprising to see the city's response. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think I know where you you stand on it. Yeah. Um, when you just you're getting two complete different stories from people that have been at the same place. It's amazing how when I talked about birth of a nation and that whole narrative, yeah. like. These are the agitators, and this is the white horse coming in to save the right. day. How, when you watch the news, it's like, these are the, the protesters are the ag- agitators. Yep. And the police are coming in to save the day when it's like, okay, I've seen footage of them actually starting this. Yeah. And then we had, if for those that are outside of the city, uh, kind of started back up. We had a young man shot in Inglewood by the police. <laughs> Conflicting stories there. Uh, the residents came out to try and figure out what was going on. We had tensions flaring there. From that, um, not people in that community, but people on the outside started looting Chicago. Well, there was like a Facebook post about, post, hey, we're right. about to go tear up downtown. Right. So the looting happened in like the Gold Coast area, Oak Street, downtown, which were a lot of our high-end stores. Yeah, tourist uh, area. Yeah, Gucci, Prada, all of that. Yeah. Um, the city's response to that was, we're not going to let this happen again. We're going to crack down on it. We're going to be super tough. So they dropped the ball over there, and then now they took it out on the kids that went to protest the following weekend. Right. Exactly. And, I mean, yeah. they've been raising bridges. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like it's so, like medieval. So that's what actually gets into, connects the sundown town thing that I was talking about. It's always like that in some of these cities. There's either a bridge or a train track that separates the city. Yeah. Even in, uh, so I went to Virginia State University. It's in Petersburg, Virginia. The town right next to Petersburg is called Colonial Heights. 
just learned that Colonial Heights was a sundown town. And the reason they became a sundown town is it's all Chesterfield County. Mm-hmm. Once Chesterfield County started integrating schools and letting blacks go to school with whites, Colonial Heights broke away from the county, started their own city called Colonial Heights, and then they became a sundown town. So yeah. it's like, wow. So, yeah, this whole raising of the bridges thing yeah. is very symbolic. It's like, okay, if for those in Chicago as well— the bridges pretty much separate the north side from the south side of Chicago. Yeah, the bridges are over the river, Chicago River, Chicago river. that goes into Lake Michigan. But yeah, it separates right. separates downtown, separates a loop. So when you so the signal you're sitting out is we're stopping anyone from the south side to come into downtown. Or if, if you're already in downtown, you're stuck here. You're now. stuck. Yeah. You gotta go way far west to, to get, get back. back south. Yeah. No it's, yeah, which is not an easy thing to do. No, not at all. It's pretty tough. And the notion of bridges, man, I hate that because uh, I don't even want to give the name of the bridge. I'm going to call it the John Lewis Bridge. Think about Selma. Yeah. And the notion of they always used to use the bridges as a defense tactic. We'll get you across the bridge. That's what I'm saying. It's medieval. It's like it's <laughs> way you go back to like, you know, when there were uh, fiefdoms and kings and there was a moat. You couldn't get to, you know, where the rich people were. Right. Because you'd have to go over a bridge or you'd have to go over a moat like, this and isn't, a wall. This isn't Game of Thrones, right? No. You know, like, this isn't downtown. This isn't King's Landing. But that's what it's it's kind of feeling like that. Like, yeah. oh, we got to protect this nice area. You know, Just this one area needs to protect Where all the rich white people live. Where they're mostly protecting uh, Trump Tower, too. Yeah, I saw Lightfoot. Lightfoot does not like Trump. Lightfoot is our, our mayor, who is now a very controversial figure. <laughs> right. uh, but she was talking about um, if he didn't like that the bridges were raised that they could lower the one that leads to Trump Tower and see what happens that's she's I don't know she's she's a different type of mayor I'll leave it as that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, this is a lawyer for musicians let's right, keep it, so let's I, keep I, it to, uh, I learned about this term and I've seen it before but I learned what the term is called kettling yeah um, so talking with Kettling is is a crowd control tactic used by police to separate crowds, bring them together, agitate whatever. So they call that kettling, almost like kettle pot kettling. Uh, talking with my uncle, getting some history here. So starting with my mother, my mother's freshman year of high school. She went to Flint Southwest, Flint, Michigan. Was the first year her school was integrated, right? During that year, that first year, there was she said there was fights every day between the blacks and the whites. And the football team would have to protect the black students from the white kids. My uncle then gets to that school six years later, and it's the same thing every day. There's some type of fight. And he was talking to me about the tactics that the police would use during these riots. And when he told me about it, it brought back, when I looked up the definition of kettling, I'm like, yo, it's the same thing. So these tactics honestly have been just passed down yeah. on like from generation to generation. Uh, I saw that about the kettling thing too and it's like the, the city gets sued f- for kettling. It's a tactic that is like it, it's been you know uh, civil rights attorneys have used it and people that have been injured because of it have used it and won yeah. millions and millions of dollars against the city but I guess at this point cities they're city out of ideas. And it's interesting because they'll rather pay out these lawsuits yep. than to put some resources into right. some of these programs. Because I have, with, when it comes to the looting, of course, I, I don't want to see pure destruction of my city, but I also look at big picture and understand that there's a lack of resources, and when you get to a certain point of hunger, mm-hmm. you just respond in any way you think you can feed yourself. Even if what you're going after isn't like 
pure food, but right. just the notion of I now now I have something. Yeah, you know, it, it was the week right after they ended the six hundred dollars. Yep, for for un- unemployment. Um, so it was kind of, it was kind of eye opening. I hope people looked at that and realized if I live in this downtown neighborhood, I'm not separated from the other issues of Chicago. Yep, it came to my, now now that it came to my doorstep. I hope they're like okay. We need to. We should pay attention. Pay attention to this. Yeah. Let's put some resources out there for the rest of the people, so sure. we can live together in harmony. Yeah. Shout out to my mom, Harmony. Oh, word. <laughs> <laughs> These segues are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, that was. I'm feeling good. How Episode feeling? eighteen. Episode eighteen in the books. Can't wait to get to twenty. Maybe we'll throw like a little party. Yeah. Oh well, you know, socially distanced. Socially distanced, of course. Mass party. Virtual. Yeah. Just like your wedding. So I don't know. We're still deciding on the whole virtual part, okay? Because we want to control the imagery and what gets out. Because we're still in front of our house, right? You know, sure. so we don't want. Well, I just <laughs> want to know a time. I'm, I'm telling you, I will drive by and throw your. your oh, we're, gift yeah, we're, you. uh, we're definitely gonna give everybody invite those people that are close to us. Yeah, you know? it's not gonna be on Twitter or Facebook. You gotta have like seven minute increments, right? So like. We get seven minutes, then Don gets seven minutes. I see what you're saying there. So, right, so we can like distance, high five, and I can know. work on that. I, I need to actually figure out how I can block my street off legally. Because right, you don't live on a street with a bridge. No, right. <laughs> then now the thing is, I live. Raise the bridge. I, live, I, I don't live too far from Lori, so she's always blocking off her street. So I think I can just walk, walk down and grab some of the gates. Yeah, you know, see how long on. that lasts. Probably like four minutes yeah. at tops. <laughs> don't apply get, for a permit. Yeah, I'm going to look into a permit, definitely. Things are moving super fast with the city. I'm sure you'll get that right away. <laughs> exactly. Man, that, and her, that block, when she lives on, and it's like protest day, I'm talking 50, 60 Can't get through. cops. No, they definitely don't let you through. Yeah. The funniest part was one time me and uh, Chelsea are coming back from a bike ride. They have it blocked off. They let Chelsea ride through, <laughs> and as soon as I ride up, Three cops just start shaking their head, no. <laughs> and they all point left, <laughs> like unison, like, not no, happening. bro, you're not coming this way. Man. <laughs> you're going around. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Damn. But I, I'm pretty sure Lori's uh, neighbors aren't happy right now. I'm sure they're not. But, well, you should invite Lori to the drive-by celebration. I'm pretty sure she gives good gifts, though. <laughs> I doubt it. You don't think so? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know, man. The, the look, she has that look where she's like, I know what he would no, like. No, I bet she like donates a tree, <laughs> you know, or like. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> you Re- see this plot of land. Yeah, rebuilding. This, that. Yeah, <laughs> this is to rebuild the tomato community that was destroyed. <laughs> My God, thanks. <laughs> Shout out to the tomato community. <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, no disrespect to the tomato community. I love you guys. Uh, <laughs> All right, I think we should wrap it up on that. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, episode eighteen. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Follow us on socials. Lawyers, lawyers, four musicians, the number four. Follow us on all, all the socials. We're Twitter, IG. Yep. Uh, I'm Eddie. I'm Josh. That's Josh. Yeah, and we'll be back for episode 19 pretty soon. Peace.